This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Maybe you're having trouble sleeping, difficulty with the relationship, or just suffering from low self-esteem. If so, then BetterHelp wants to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and to help you. You get to talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, and they give you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Join the 2 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And there's a special offer to Nowhere to Be Found listeners. You'll get 10% off of your first month, but only if you go through the link or type in betterhelp.com slash ntbf for Nowhere to Be Found. That's better betterhelp.com slash ntbf. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And you can find the link in our show notes and on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com. I'm your host, Amanda Papineau, and this is Nowhere to Be Found. This case has taken me on a roller coaster of emotions. I feel so immersed in the family and the local Blue River dynamics. It's a strange line to straddle. There's a divide in this case that I've experienced in the past. In a nutshell, Shane's family has been relentless in the search for information on what happened to Shane, which I 100% can understand. On the other side, we have some of the locals from the Mackenzie River area that feel accused and judged by people who don't know them, which I can also understand. And then there's me, right in the middle, trying to decipher emotional speculation from fact. It's a lot, and my life has gotten pretty strange at this point. I have strangers contact me often and dive deep into very personal information about themselves and other locals that they feel is relevant. It has its repercussions, though. Some people are upset with the information that's being released on the podcast. Again, it's a tough line to straddle, but I'll continue to search for the truth and do my best to do it with grace and understanding for everyone involved. Is this Amanda? This is Rocky. Hi, Rocky. Yes, this is Amanda. Okay. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Have we uh, we got a good enough connection here to? Yeah, you here? sound pretty good. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. I sometimes my cell phone doesn't always work, but yeah, <laughs> and up I'm in that area, right. yeah, you guys yeah. don't have the best service. It sounds like up there. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Bounces around, so. Well, thanks yeah, for agreeing so, to chat with me. Um, I yeah. got I got your name from um, Shane's sister, Misty. Misty. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. really sweet. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. So, so um, she was saying you're you're a search and rescue guy, is that right? I'm a search and rescue guy. I've been doing it for a long time. I'm member, active member of Poor Mountain up here. So okay. we're kind of the um, the specialists for mountain stuff, um, but been involved in all kinds of searches through my career. Okay. Well, that's handy for sure. Um, yeah. How, how did you meet Shane? 
Shane built my cabin. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, yeah, we were, um, the story is I have a cabin right there on the McKenzie River, right? Uh, uh, not too far from Blue Sky Market. Mm-hmm. And um, we were wandering around the neighborhood one day and saw some guys working on a cabin and uh, went over and started chatting with them. And uh, it was Justin and Shane doing some work for a guy down the, down the street. So we got to chatting and, and uh, we kind of said, well, why don't you come up and do some work for us on one cabin and, and um, kind of test out and see, see if we can work together here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, we just got along fine. And so I, uh, long story short, is I bought an old cabin next to my other cabin and the idea of maybe re- rebuilding it or something. And and what we end up doing is tearing it down and, and building a whole brand new cabin on that footprint. Okay. Um, right, right on the river. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if you know that neighborhood at all. It was, it was called the Monk Cabin. Uh, a lady, a lady uh, named Dixie Monkhouse owned it. No, I don't. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting history and story in the neighborhood. We really got involved in it. Uh, she, uh, she was a real kind of pillar in the neighborhood. She lived there, well, part time, uh, winter or summertime, and she, she was the first woman ever to be admitted into the. Um, Kinsey River Fly Fishing Club. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, long story short is Shane Shane ended up to be a really good friend. I learned to really trust him. We got to a point where, you know, he would just send me a bill and say, This is this is how much I need this week and I'd I'd send him the money. Yeah. Um he was he's the kind of carpenter that I I describe as someone who can do trigonometry in their head. Mm-hmm. I just a really talented, smart carpenter, you know, and the thing I loved about him was whether it was a tile job or, a, you know, any kind of work, he's like, yeah, we can do that. He yeah. did a good job. He's a go-getter. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so it took about a year for him to build this cabin, you know, from digging the footings out, pouring the concrete to doing the finish work, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a big project. My husband's a carpenter as well, so I, I do oh, know. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. uh yeah. you know, they got into timber framing and some other stuff, too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly uh, what yeah. you're talking about and what kind of stuff you guys were, were probably doing. But, yeah. but that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that definitely takes a talented hand. Um, not just anybody yep. can do that type of work. So, and that's kind of what I've been hearing too. Shane's got, you know, everyone around town just loves him and, um, yeah. you know, yeah. raves about, I haven't heard anybody say he doesn't do good work. I was talking to Ben, uh, a while ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, ben, ben was his next job. Right? Yeah. And he yeah. said he got that information from you. So, you know, the small town yeah. thing is just kind of yeah. very present. Yeah. So that's cool. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. did you know Justin pretty well too, or mostly work with Shane? Well, pretty well, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, he was there on a the job all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, he, you know, got to know him well. He kind of has has his personality tweaks, and mm-hmm. I, I, I got to where I just learned to just walk away from it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's better that way. Yeah, you know, it can be annoying because he just keeps talking. You know. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, so that's that was kind of, and then when uh, after the fire and after they got burned out and everything, um, Shane actually parked his trailer at my my A-frame cabin and kind of had that as a base camp for a while. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Justin. Uh, lived there also and we ended up having to almost kind of kick Justin out he he kind of overstayed his welcome (laughs) yeah uh, yep uh, seems to be a going theme right so uh, what about the two of them I mean they seem like they work pretty well together in your opinion they seem very friendly everything I saw I didn't see you know Shane kind of, uh, I guess, watching it, I would say Shane learned to deal with Justin mm-hmm. sort of like I did in his way. I mean, he would just sort of get gruff with him at times and say, come on, let's go, you know. Yeah. Shut up. And we got work to do. Yeah. Um, I never I never saw any, you know, any conflict other than that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, you know, we then, after when they were working for Ben, we heard some some rumors i think it was right about the time that shane disappeared that you know that justin had you know wasn't working for him we heard the rumor that he fired him or something like that mm-hmm. the facts that wasn't wasn't part of that so i can't really speak to that yeah yeah i've heard the same thing i mean it's hard to pin it down because yeah. it's been a while but yeah that's that's kind of the, the thing i heard too you know maybe let him loose yeah. and also wanted him off the property, possibly. I, yeah. It's hard to say, yeah. but um, did you ever meet Crystal, Shane's wife? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, on a rare occasion, you know, I never met her until she was actually living there on our property, mm-hmm. and then she was, you know, in the fifth wheel, and and uh, you know, was just living there, and so we we did meet her then, and. And, you know, the impression we got was she was generally, I would say, generally more often than not compromised in some way. Yes, I would agree with that Uh, very much. No. Um, In hmm. fact, when Shane first, first, my first contact with the law enforcement when Shane disappeared was, you know, um, yeah, Crystal may be compromised as you know, wouldn't trust everything she says. Right. Yeah, it's been a lot of hostility coming from that end of the uh, crowd over there. Just very um, angry. And also, you know, the fact that she's not been part of any of the search efforts is odd. Strange. Um, You know, I don't really know what to make of that. I don't really go around wanting to accuse people, but it certainly makes you... wonder yeah. scratch your head a little bit like gosh you know if my husband went missing i would be yeah. um yeah. Leading, yeah. leading the charge but you know it's yeah. difficult to speculate yeah. so um so okay so you found out that shane went missing how did you find out uh, justin called me friday morning mm-hmm and I and, and you know I thought it was really kind of strange at that point that no one had. Uh, I basically just said you need to call nine one one. You need to call and talk to the sheriff's deputies. Mm-hmm. You know who are in charge of search and rescue. They you know nine one one will get you connected to them, mm-hmm. and that's who's going to be you know your your contacts. 
Um, so, yeah, that was, that was my first, um, you know, when Justin called me, it's like, you know, it's like, well, what should I do? And, um, did he, he did he call nine one one after that? Did he take your advice? Yes, I, I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, because and then I had a uh, a friend who's one of the sheriff's deputies in Lane County, and um, and Jason um, Bowman. Uh, and Jason uh, texted or emailed me back. We we made connection fairly quick, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, we're we're on it. We okay. heard about it, and so forth." So, so okay. I believe that that call was made. It, from my perspective, I think it was subsequent to my my talking with yeah. Justin, but Which, I can't verify that for certain. It's tough because you know, last seen on Tuesday, Friday's a long way away from Tuesday in the search right. and rescue world. Right. Um, right. But right. I guess the story I've heard is that you know maybe he's done something like this in the past where he takes off a couple days or and so they just weren't alarmed something like that i don't i don't know that i mean i I, yes i've heard that story Mm -hmm. um i i never was out in the woods with with shane other than all my conversations with him um i would say uh he was a very competent outdoorsman and um it would be very unlikely for him to get lost in the woods so i mean i i I find it i find it rather strange that yeah he would know the story about lunch on tuesday and then they find the truck on friday yeah and you know it, it The the location of the truck, too, um, I mean, you would know better than I, but it, from my understanding, is fairly close to where Shane would be very familiar with it. He knows that area. It's close to his old property. The chances of him getting lost up there, like truly just not knowing which way the road is, seems unlikely. Yeah, I mean, from from when, when when I was, you know, kind of figured out where the truck was and then the story it made no sense whatsoever that that he disappeared subsequent to you know being at the truck and trying to find his uh you know find his keys or whatever Mm -hmm. because the the road is the most direct way back to his cabin or back to civilization Mm -hmm. um you know it just that just doesn't doesn't add up i mean i you know if i were yeah, people do different strange things or whatever, but, you know, to me, just if I, you know, <laughs> needed to go get some help or something, I'd walk down the road. I wouldn't take a shortcut, uh, you know, right. way across country right. down to the reservoir and down to another road, you know, I just I'd get no back. way. And he knew that area well enough that it doesn't make sense. Yes, that's how I feel as well. Though I will say, I, I think kind of the, you know, possible variable here is drugs. You know, people yes. do oh, yeah. people do stuff that isn't yeah. logical. You know, so we're right, trying right. to we're trying to make it all logically fit, and it doesn't. 
And so that that is a possibility, obviously. But still, right. I my, my just yeah, yeah my, my gut is uneasy about it. Um, so, okay, so you find out Friday, and then when do you kind of start getting the search? How do you go about well, doing all I was, that? you know, I was in, in Portland here, and that was down there, and uh, it was, oh, man, I can't remember now. It was a week or ten days later, at least, mm-hmm. uh, that I was down, and, and then at that point, um the the initial search had already ended i mean they had they had i don't know searched for four or five days and said that's enough we're not going to do anymore and so when i got down there it was on a weekend and with with the justin um we i think it was him kind of pushing her or something it's like we're going to get sort of a family search Mm -hmm. and i said you know i'll be glad to help out with that and be there and so i think it was like a saturday and actually misty was there that day yeah okay and and uh so i sort of become became sort of the organizer because of my experience in terms of how what we're going to do where we're going to search and i went and talked to the deputy there they were just at that that moment that morning uh hauling the truck away okay uh and so we met there at the point last seen or supposedly last on point mm-hmm. um and um then i think there were i don't know eight or eight or nine of us that that uh went searching you know down the road and off on a spur road just uh because the sheriff thought that might have been and you know we we kind of decided yeah that's worth worth searching okay so this other spur road that kind of went back to the reservoir back to kind of more directly if you will to shane's old property um and so we went off searching uh i was trying to sort of organize people but they weren't really <laughs> trained to search and, and um yeah okay. that was that was my experience with the searching and what uh, uh what's the terrain like up there pretty woodsy well, it's pretty woodsy and you know another thing uh, you probably talked to people about is you know where he was was missing was in the fire zone where it had burned through right and and uh so it was you know kind of uh burned forest uh some places worse than others where there was still green stuff up high and everything below was all burned um one of the the possible thoughts that i've had but the more i've been out there i just still can't quite believe it is there's these big root holes that burned out yeah um you know that you got to fall in and really i've i've been near some it's like man i would want to fall down there because i don't like to get back out i mean they're really holes right um, and i mean so when you're looking for a missing person that's you know you're trying to think of those things but right um if you did like the you know the one story is sort of make a take a shortcut off through the woods and get back to this other property or that home that way um, you know, there's there's that possibility, but that that whole area has been was searched with dogs and searched pretty well, and so um, I think that's 
unlikely. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So, um, and the group that was with you was all just the friends from around town, right? Friends, and then Misty. Yeah, friends from around town. It was, um, what's his name? The plumber guy. He kind of went off on his own, and I got a little nervous because you know, he went off that way, and you know, it's like he was by himself, and that's uh, just not appropriate in our searching rules, but right. that's how they were doing it. Just you know, reflecting back on that time, um, I, even at the time, I was a little sort of concerned that Justin was, uh, even though he seemed to be kind of there and trying to kind of keep people organized, he was more interested in talking to somebody walking down the road than he was actually doing what we were there to do. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I also spoke with the girl that he was walking with most of the time, um, and she also expressed some mm, more confusion than concern, I guess I would say, but um, yeah, a little bit of odd behavior there, and I know you said Jeremy kind of broke off from the group. Um, Anybody else break off, or or anybody? Well, there's two guys over on that side of the road out there, and I can't remember. um, I didn't know the guy, but he was sort of with Jeremy, and then he sort of finished what he was doing and and reported, and and I guess uh, Justin reported that, yeah, Jeremy took off. He was going to go clear out there, and he wanted to go check out that point, and so he went off by himself and and so when we ended it and I got back it's like uh, I found out that Jeremy was still sort of unaccounted for and out there finishing his search I got a little concerned and worried just because as a you know search leader that kind of thing really is the worst case you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you just don't let people you know you know go off on their own and and uh, so we waited a little while and Jeremy showed up and okay everything's fine we're, we're done hmm. um, but yeah, toward the toward the end of the search, we decided oh, we were going to go that far and then finish it. And and yeah, Justin was just I don't know, not not committed to the search like I would have liked at the time. It's tough. My um, gut, I I like him. He's nice enough. You know, he's pleasant to talk to and stuff. He's very hesitant to talk to me or anybody. Um, but again, you know. There's other things in play here besides Shane's disappearance that I could see why they'd be a little hesitant. And I think there's an accusational vibe going on uh, around town that's making them uncomfortable, which, you know, if you <laughs> if you behave certain ways, that, that type of thing happens. But, hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to... Yeah, I know. I'm just trying I know. to tell you the facts. Yeah. So before all this, you you would not have taken Shane for being for somebody being like you know involved with drugs. He was very reliable. He would show up at the job in the morning and uh, like he just smoked a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He would, he'd smell it in the truck, smell it on him, and everything. And and I'd watch him close and kind of like you know I'm I've never been a dope smoker. I don't know how it compromises you physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was I'd have some concern because he's going to be running around on the roof or something. You know. Right. Right. Like a liability. 
Yeah, yeah. And so I would be, I'd kind of watch him, but I, I never, I never saw him. I mean, I, I knew he smoked dope. I uh-huh. didn't know, or wasn't um, uh, aware of anything other than that. Right. Uh, when I met Crystal and we saw Crystal, it was there's something more than just dope going on there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, a laundry list of things. It sounds yeah. like so. Yeah, that's kind of everybody's impression, though, is like Shane and Crystal are not on the same level. And uh, if Shane was doing who knows what, he certainly was hiding it pretty well because he was able to be very high functioning, you know, in the job and around town and all that. So we'll take it for what it is. When he said I was there, you know, I'm going to be there at three in the morning or whatever it was, you know, he, he, he was a man of his word, you know, mm-hmm. uh, said he was going to do it. He did it. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, I, 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 so I just sort of, um, if you want to smoke dope on the weekends or wherever, you know, that's not my problem as long as you're doing a good job for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was my sort of take and my attitude. Um, so, um, I, I I never saw anything where he was, you know, compromised to the point of, you know, his own health or something, you know. Hmm. That's good to know. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of what Ben said to, you know, pretty pretty reliable. He's pretty happy with all the work. You know, he's had a couple days where he showed up late or whatever and, and Ben talked to him about it and but for the most part he was very happy with Shane and, and the work they were yeah. doing. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that seems to be a going theme here. So that's right. that's good to confirm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... Uh... I uh, had a conversation with Mark mm-hmm. and his mom, and, and I, I recommended just some thoughts. This is several months ago of it. Uh, in my conversation with deputies, I could see it wasn't really going to go anywhere real fast or whatever. And I suggested that they, well, it's kind of through some other connections too, that, that they hire a really, you know, a competent private detective. Oh boy. And I, so I reached out to some, some good attorneys I know in Oregon here and, and got some, I don't know, didn't know them, but you know, some good references of, of private, you know, sort of ex-law enforcement detectives. Mm-hmm. And I gave those to Mark and just says, you know, just some suggestions. This might, you might think about it. Well, then the next day I know I get this call from this detective or this guy in Florida. Yeah, he's not a detective. He's a... Uh, no, he was not. He's he something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, and when he, he asked me, you know, straight-faced on the phone... Well, do you think maybe Sasquatch got him? Oh, well. And I just almost hung up the phone, you know. It's like. He's <laughs> oh a piece of work, that crazy one. Who am I talking to? Yeah, I just, you know, in my conversation on the phone, I, you know, I just kind of, right off the bat, kind of like, who is this guy? Well, mm-hmm. you know, what's his credentials? And then, and then when he seriously asked me if I, uh, he's in Florida, and he's, I guess he thinks there are Sasquatches running around out here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, do you really think they get Sasquatch got him? And I'm like, give me a break. Oh, that's funny. Well, you know, Ray, Ray, uh, <laughs> Ray Ray actually says that his number one theory is that a cougar got him. Well, I certainly thought of that 
absolutely. I, I thought of it. You know, but but you know, give, but still, it's kind of like um, there's there's a lot of woods out there, and yeah, it's it's possible, but you're gonna find some evidence somewhere, sometimes some bones or something. Yes. Yep. Yep. Hard to just disappear off the face of the planet with yep. no sign yep. of any struggle or anything. Yep. I mean, uh, is it possible? Uh, I, was, sure. I was involved up here with uh, the first and only cougar um, human death in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, they, we found her quite quickly because she left her backpack right on the trail. Mm. And and uh, the cougar, you know, then there was evidence that she had some scissors out of her pack and was trying to fight it off. Oh, jeez. And, and then it killed her and drug her about 200 feet uh, off the trail. Wow. Um, but there was there was clear evidence that the team uh, saw where the body was drugged. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's just like following a cow path almost, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. And so that was my thought. I, I you know, can't count it out, yeah. but in my mind, seems unlikely that they, there would just be no evidence of that. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of interesting. What do, you, what do you know about the rumor about the logging guys seeing a car drive by and it was. Yeah. Crystal and Shane and some other guy in the back seat or something. Yeah, so um, that, I mean, I learned that from the family first, and then I, um, they, ha- they had talked to Ray when they were there the second time, which was just a few weeks, like, back in May, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ray told them that um, it was a out-of-state logging company that was up there and he said they're they're cutting down trees they have no business cutting down and all this stuff and so i called the department of forestry and i found out what logging company it was and they're not from out of state they're from springfield um they're called future logging um owned by this guy rick rick christian and i was able to confirm that those two loggers actually gave a full statement to the yeah they are actually reported to the detective um and were able to pick out shane and crystal out of a photo lineup um and their account is interesting because they're saying it was about 4 45 a.m wednesday morning and that they were traveling in towards like you know, away from their house in into the and so they were stopped because they had the whole crew out there, um, and so they had to go around the other way. But what's interesting about that for me is that the text messages between Crystal and Shane that start at about four a.m. and I haven't seen these myself. Um, I'm, I'm just taking this. Yeah you know, third hand now from the family, from the detective. But um, basically Shane saying, I'm stranded. I lost my keys and I'm I'm going to drill out my ignition and I will be yep. home. And she then makes a comment like, you know, you're wasting all of our time looking for you. We're out here looking for you. And then he, 
I can't, I think that might have been the last one. And that was about, you know, between four and 4.30. And she says that she never saw him again during those text messages and that whole day. She didn't see him. So for the loggers to say <laughs> that they saw them together at 4.45 after those text messages, it just, um, it really throws a wrench in the timeline. Yeah. So that was my thought. I, I had hoped to get um, my own personal statement yeah. from those loggers, but I cannot get them to call me back. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. Well, the, the story I got from the detectives or one of the one of the deputies was it was you know hearsay or no, I didn't I didn't no I didn't I didn't talk to a deputy about this, but I did. Uh, I was told by one of the deputies that because there was not any evidence of any crime, they could not uh, get. Uh, Crystal's phone to track it. Right. And that to me is is just uh, somebody. I don't know what they need to do to to get that. But yeah. There, there's evidence there. Yes, it's madness. Would have would have been. Like they're so they're saying you know you have to have a body to get that, and I'm saying maybe you need to get that to find a body. Like I don't. Yeah, really. I don't <laughs> How understand are you? That in terms of the legal, I'm not a criminal lawyer. Oh uh, yeah. To me, like if if there is some suspicion, then it's kind of like okay, you know, prove it. Right, and I'd heard the detective made a comment somewhere along the line that said, you know, well, what we really need is like you know a pair of bloody jeans. Yeah, and right, I, and right. I'm thinking, what do you want somebody to mail them to you? Like, how will you yeah, find right. if you if you don't look yeah. for them? How will you find them? Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I yeah. have to assume that that they're trained and there are things that they yeah. know that we don't know. I'm hoping, uh, and they are just trying to get all their ducks in a row in order to have a case that will hold up in court. That's yeah. that's yeah yeah yeah. I, I mean, I, that's not my world. I don't know, but you know, just as a logical human being, it seems to me like you know that it, it, it's if there's any suspicion, then the law enforcement should have the ability and rights to go prove it right, right or wrong, or at least question her. I mean, she yeah. lo- she lawyered up so quickly um, with a very yeah. expensive criminal attorney yeah. that nobody's even really talk to her which how can that be i mean just because you have a lawyer doesn't mean they can't talk to you it just means they won't talk to you without your lawyer so bring her down (laughs) bring her on in let's let's all have a chat that's my thought but again i just have to hope that there's some element of this that we don't know about and they're that they're building it up i i hope yeah, yeah. So we'll have to uh, that, see. That rumor, I guess, is the, the, the big cloud, I think, that just hangs and leaves so much unanswered that, yes. you know, and it, but it, and it kind of fits the facts as far as, you know, you make up a story like, okay, so uh, he did text if that correct and he, he, you know, he had lost his keys out there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he made it back and had the keys and was, you know, let's just say he he walked home that morning or, you know, the middle of that night and he made it. And, right. and then, and then, you know, they head back in to maybe pick up the truck, like they picked up the spare well, keys, I mean, maybe or he, something. He finds out when he gets home that Crystal's sleeping with his boyfriend or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's yeah, in there somewhere. And so they 
decide that uh, it's time for Shane to be gone. Right. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's just that's just that there's some some explanation here somehow, some way that you know that if that rumor that sighting was absolutely correct and that's that was then how does that fit into the facts as we know them and how is that not enough to have you know yeah, reasonable yeah. doubt to, yeah to at least track it. right right that to me is is the evidence because you know unless she's you know, destroyed that phone there's pretty good uh you know, your phone knows where you are every minute. And yeah. It records it. Exactly. Yeah, she's got multiple phones. She's got all kinds of stuff going on that I couldn't even begin yeah. to yeah. know about. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to pin that yeah. down. But uh, yeah. those loggers would be a good place to start since that would be the last actual person yeah. to see him alive um unbiased yeah, of course. I mean, if that's a credible if that's a credible story then i mean it seems to me if i were the search and rescue deputy i'd say you know i need a point last scene that's where, mm-hmm. that's where we go yeah you know because that's that's where we start our search you know where's the point last scene mm-hmm. yeah so maybe yeah. doing it from that point instead of where the truck was who knows right. i mean yeah right you know, That's interesting. What's the rate? You know, whatever. When was he? You know, where where was he? When? Well, I don't care where he was. Two days ago, if I know he was here, you know, on Wednesday. Right now, that's the new last point scene. So, yeah, right. yeah that's a, that's an interesting point. Um, that that really should have been. I mean, because anything other than that is not provable <laughs> or credible. Right. You know, we can't say right, for right. sure. So that's I mean, interesting. We have, we have witnesses. I mean, they, they, their story is he came home for lunch, right? Right. Right. And that's, that's supposedly the the point last seen. But then we, you know, we find his truck up there mm-hmm. 10 miles away. Well, now that's the, that's the last known point, we think. But yeah, what if he didn't sure. even, Did yeah. Somebody else didn't plant that truck there? Exactly. What if he didn't drive it up there? Yeah. Right. Yep, but we do know, yeah, since the loggers were able to pick him out of the lineup, that that was... So, yeah, if we were going to do a three-mile radius, let's say, it really should have been from the other side over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, somewhere, if, if, if he was blocked there and didn't go through on 1501, mm-hmm. you know, and he had to turn around there and go back. Right. And come around, you know, the long way, go all the way around the other way. Right. And why? Why? Why did you need to be over there? Yeah. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Well, gee. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we'll, we'll hope that we'll leave that to the detective. Somehow they'll Somehow. convince themselves that they can defend that uh, FBI seizing of a phone or something. You know, oh, I would like love the FBI that, to that, get involved. That'd be that's great. That's what they need to do. Yep, they need something bigger because right now there's just too many missing persons cases in Lane County um, yeah. for the amount of detectives that we have on it. The workload's too much. Yeah. It's like 180-some-odd cases, and there's just, you know... A dozen detectives or whatever, and I mean, how can you possibly give enough time to any one case? You just yeah, can't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll have to find. They need to find a solution for that. But in the meantime, um, you know, well, I just, just want to say thanks to you for your energy and you yeah, know, keep it up. And, and I will. Uh, you know, um, I think you know. I read 
misty stuff and marred stuff on Facebook, and it just brings tears to my eyes every time I see it, you know? Yeah, it's unimaginable, truly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I hope I hope for closure for them more than anything. Yeah. You know, if, if yeah. he is gone, then at least knowing... Oh, yeah. Would be, so, you don't have yeah. to keep looking, because otherwise right. you're just in this... Or wondering what... Right, what you're happened. just forever yeah. stuck looking, and I just, I really don't want yeah. that for them, or anyone, so... Yeah. I am praying for closure for them. Yeah. Well, thank you for... Well, um, it's kind of a strange way, it's kind of why I do what I do, you know, it's search and rescue. I mean, when we bring somebody back alive, that's, that's an amazing, amazing reward oh but, sure but but also closing it for the family is you know is an important thing we humans need yes it's a mercy at this point yeah. um it is a mercy it's not the ideal but it's better than where we're at right now right so right. Exactly. yeah i i agree uh, well thank you okay. for taking time out of your day to chat with me and uh yeah no, you know, keep me informed keep me i will anything i can do um I just want to say I appreciate your energy. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad I was able to speak with another person who was involved in the search and who knows Shane well. I've been trying my hardest to get those closest to Shane to speak with me without much success. But at this point, I'd been talking with Justin for many weeks, and I knew it was time we stopped beating around the bush and started talking about Shane. We've been asked how our listeners can contribute to the show, so we set up an account with Patreon. Check out the link in our show notes if you're interested in supporting our cause. You can also find it on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com.